Well, amen. It's good to be uh, back home, right? <laughs> so, praise God. I, I think uh, Pastor Chris, you know, thank my cousin for giving me the opportunity to share with you this morning. Uh, I'm just so excited to be here. Um, I see a lot of familiar faces. I see some new faces. And so I thank God for what he's doing at Arise Church and uh, what he's doing in each and every one of your lives this morning. And so, uh, you know, when Chris had asked me to, uh, to come back and preach over here, you know, a little nerves hit me because I was like, oh, wow, you know, coming back to Dallas and uh, being back home. Uh, but then I thought about the time that he was asking me to come back, and I'm like, man, this is the greatest time to be back in Dallas, man. It's football time, right? <laughs> I don't, maybe I saw the game last night, right? You know, the Cowboys are, hey, 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 all right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting. Uh, you know, it's exciting to be back in Dallas, Cowboys time. Uh, Cowboys are my favorite team, um, and it's funny because when, when we first moved over here, you know, a couple years back, uh, the first thing that Chris told me, he's like, he's like, hey man, he's like, welcome home, this is your home now, and then he said, now you're going to know all the highs and lows of being a Dallas Cowboys fan in Dallas, and boy was he right. <laughs> it, was the, it was the season that uh, Tony Romo ended up getting hurt. And so that was like a big letdown, and then all of a sudden Dak comes on the scene, and he has an amazing rookie year, just great. And then they lost in the playoffs again, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I, I totally understood, you know, now after having, you know, after ha us having lived here, I understood what he was talking about, you know. But through it all, and, and through all these years, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have always been my team, and I've kept cheering, you know, through good or through bad. You know, and there's a, there's a term for those people that only jump on the bandwagon when everything's going good. Yeah, you, know what that, you know what those fans are called? Fair weather fans, right? So, you know, I, I can remember back to the 90s, and it was like everybody was a Dallas Cowboys fan. And then uh, they started going through some rough spots, and uh, a lot of people fell off, right? But, um, you know, the truth is it's, it's easy to cheer. It's easy to cheer when everything is going great. It's... Uh, it's real easy to get excited when things are going your way. But how many people continue to cheer? How many people continue to get excited when everything's, everything's going bad? When things don't look so good? You know, and as I, I look around at our, our culture today, I see, a lot of, I see a lot of people that are eager to praise God, right? When things are going good, they're, they're, they're eager to say, man, thank God for this because, you know, I got the job. Thank God for this because everything's going well. But when the storm arises in our life, when the losses come and when, and when we're going through heartache, a lot of people are quick to jump off the bandwagon. Amen. And so it takes me back, as I think about this, it takes me back to the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians. Now, for those of you who don't know who the Apostle Paul was, the Apostle Paul was this man who hated Christians. And he was going around not only hating Christians, but he was killing them, right? Because he had such a passion uh, to hate these people that were spreading this message of this person named Jesus that died on the cross and they said rose again. But then he meets on a Damascus road. He has this encounter with God and, and the same Jesus that he was so ready to hate and the same Jesus that, that he was so ready to kill his followers, all of a sudden, Paul is preaching about this Jesus. And he began to serve this Jesus that he hated so much. And along the way, Paul saw all these great things happening. Right? Paul went around preaching the love of God. He, he went around preaching 
Jesus Christ, and he saw people set free from their bondages. He saw people set free from their sin. And he also saw people coming out of darkness and into the light of God. And he saw miracles happening before his eyes. And how many of you know it's so easy to praise God when miracles are happening in your life, right? And I'm sure Paul, as he saw this, he, he had so much gratitude and, and so much praise for this God that had met him on the road to Damascus. But Paul also had his share of hardships. In 2 Corinthians, we see Paul saying that he had far greater labors, far more imprisonments, countless beatings, and he was often near death. He was beaten with rods, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he had danger from rivers, from robbers, he had danger from his own people, he was often hungry and thirsty. And apart from all that, he was worried about all these churches that he had set up, all these churches that he had helped establish. And ultimately, he was put in prison for the gospel. If anyone had a reason to be a Fairweather fan, <laughs> it was Paul, right? It would have been so easy for him to give up on praising God. But as we go to the first chapter of Ephesians, and I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible there, Ephesians chapter 1, we see something completely different in verse 3. We see in chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In the confines of a prison cell, here's Paul giving praise to God. In the confines of this prison cell, Paul is saying, blessed be God, the Father, because he's given me every spiritual blessing. Every blessing that I could receive, I have received from God. And he's writing, having been tortured, having been beaten, having been stoned, and having been put into a jail cell for the sake of Jesus he says, it's not that I will be blessed, I already am blessed. He may have been in prison, but his heart was in heaven. And if there's one thing that Paul came to understand in this life, is that he was made for praise. If there's one thing that we got to understand as God's people is that we were made for praise. We were made to praise God, and Paul came to this realization and he said, regardless of the circumstances that I face, regardless of the situations that come my way, regardless of the ups and downs that I see in my life, and regardless of whatever comes before me, whether good or bad, he said, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise this God who has blessed me with every spiritual blessing I could ever receive. And so this morning what I want to do is encourage you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing this morning. But whatever it is, there is a reason to praise God. There is a reason to lift hands. There is a reason to declare the praises of the one who sets you free. There is a reason, regardless of what you face in your life, God is here. And regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you see, in, you see going on around you, God is to be praised. And so what I want to do very quickly this morning is I want to give you three reasons 
So praise God. And so as we continue reading in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 4 through 6, it says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us and the beloved. These first few verses, what we see is that Paul's laying out God's sovereign plan of redemption. And what we see here is that this plan of redemption has been going on for a really, really, really long time, right? It's, it's since before the foundation of the world. So God's plan of redemption, it predates our lives. It predates history. It predates the whole uh, creation of the world. And so what that means is that God was planning redemption for his people for a very long time. The cross was no coincidence. When Jesus came to this earth, it was not a coincidence. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, and God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to that law so that he could adopt us as his very own son. And so what this is telling me this morning is that all of history is really his story. God's in control of, of everything that's happening, even when we think things are totally out of control. Even when we think things are in chaos, God is completely in control. And to make this even more personal to you, what I want to say this morning is that your story of redemption is really God's story of redemption working in your life. Pastor Chris talked about the pursuit that God has for this, these people on this planet, for human beings. They're so imperfect. They're so full of sin and full of darkness, and yet God in his love is pursuing us even while we were sinners is what the Bible says. And if you're in Christ today, and if you're at hearing this message this morning, like Pastor Chris said earlier too, God ordained it to happen. God wanted you to hear it. And you're supposed to be here. And God has been working in your life up until this moment. And regardless of what you see happening, regardless of how you feel, God hasn't stopped working in your life. You may have hit some, some drama, right? You may have hit some heartache. You may have gotten the bad news, but that doesn't mean God isn't working. That doesn't mean that God is still orchestrating this amazing plan. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans 8, 28, and it says that, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to his purpose. In all things, in all circumstances, God is working for your good. Now, some people confuse that, right? And they think, oh, everything that's going to happen is going to be good. And it doesn't say that. It says all things are working for your good. So sometimes those things that are working in your life, they may not feel comfortable. Sometimes those things that are happening in your life, they may not feel good. They may not seem good. They may not look good, but they are ultimately, if you are in Christ this morning, they are ultimately for your good. And that's something to praise God for. 
that's something to, to consider and to think about this morning, regardless of what you're seeing in your life. God has been working this plan of redemption in your life for a really, really long time, from before the foundation of the world. As I was preparing this message, one of the things that God brought to my memory was, was our time here in Dallas. You know, and as, as uh, Pastor Chris mentioned, you know, we were here for about a year and a half. We served, and man, we, we loved it. We fell in love with the church. We fell in love with the people here. Uh, but we, we struggled a lot. You know, I can remember times where our middle son was really struggling with his health. And uh, I, I remember the, to the point where he was crying and saying, please pray for me, right? I don't want to be like this anymore. He struggled a lot with his breathing. We ran into some financial hardships. And, um, and then our daughter, who's, who still lived in, you know, in South Texas, had her second child, and she was really in need. And through all of that, I remember it just, it, it became more and more apparent that I need, you know, we needed to move back home. We needed to be back in South Texas. And I remember feeling like, I remember feeling like, man, I'm, I'm such a failure. What happened here? Did, did, I, did I not hear the voice of God when we came over here to North Texas? What, was it that I made a mistake and, and, I, and I, I stepped out of God's, well, what, what happened, God? Why, why, why is this happening? You know, I felt like such a failure. And so, we made plans to go back, and I knew I was going to have to give a two-week notice at the job I had just started less than six months before. And I didn't know how we were going to make it. Right, babe? I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what job I was going to go to. And so I go in the office, and I tell my manager, I say, hey, some things have come up. Um, we're going to have to be moving here, and I'm going to put in my two weeks notice. And my boss looks at me, and he goes, Gabriel, he goes, do you have something lined up? I'm like, no, I don't. He said, how would you feel about still working for us but working from home? <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, yeah, who, who, who offers that, right? And so the doors opened up for us to be back home. And all these years before, I had always worked in retail. I had always been just gone from my family, and it caused a lot of stress on our marriage and on our family. But all of a sudden, because we followed God and we came here and we went through some struggles, we went through some heartache, God opened doors to where I can not only work from home, but I can be around my family more. Not only be around my family more, but I'm, I'm able to serve in church. I'm able to teach in church on Sundays and be there every Wednesday. I'm, I'm able to do so much more. And at the moment that we were here, everything looked like it was so difficult. But little did I know God, little did I know God, was in control of everything. Even when I felt he was out of control, when things were out of control, he was still orchestrating his plan of redemption, his plan of sanctification, his plan of, of just renewing me and making me more like his son. He was working that plan in my life. And so it's a reason to praise God. And no, no matter what you're going through, I don't, I don't care what it looks like right now, God is still working his plan of redemption in you. He may be sanctifying you. He may be molding you. He may be shaping you, making you more like his son Jesus. But ultimately, it's for your good. And God is in complete control. And so we can praise God for that. that, that my, you know, the, the, the first thing we can praise God for is that he is working for the good of his people. And so 
So I want, you to, I want you to praise God this morning because he is working for the good of his people. And if you are part of that people, then he is working for your good. Amen? And all things he's working for good. So we continue reading Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood. Through the forgiveness of our trespass, uh, through the through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven, and things on earth. So the first reason we can praise God, again, because he's working for the good of his people. The second reason I want you to praise God is that we can praise God because he's given us redemption. We can praise God because he's given us redemption. It says that in him we have redemption. It's not a hope to have or we may have or it might happen, but Paul says we have redemption. It means that we've been set free from bondage or imprisonment. And so God has been working this, this, this plan since before the foundation of the world. And, and also because of the cross, you and I, we've been redeemed from the penalty and the power of sin in our life. We've been rescued. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, it says it like this. It says that God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We've been delivered from darkness and transferred to the kingdom of Christ. This is something to praise God for. So God has redeemed us, and verse 3 says that he's lavished, or verse 4, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, verse 8 says he's lavished his grace upon us. And so because of all of this, we can overcome. We're no longer slaves to the sin that once bound us. We're no longer left in the darkness that once blinded us. We're, we're no longer bound to guilt or to fear. We have been set free. Jesus has come and rescued us and brought us into his light. And we can praise God for that because it, it might feel like, it might feel like there, is no, there is no way out of whatever sin you're struggling with in your life this morning or today. There, it may seem like you have no way of overcoming the, the, the power of sin in your life. But if you are in Christ, I'm here to encourage you that you have been set free. You have redemption and there is power in the name of Jesus and there is power in the cross and there is power in the blood that was shed on that cross. You can be set free this morning and this is something to praise God for regardless of how you feel, regardless of how it looks or how it has looked. Believe there is freedom in your life. Jesus can set you free this morning. It says, verse 8, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. He's given us all wisdom and insight. God's shown us how to live in light of this forgiveness we've received. 
God will give you wisdom and how to live in light of the redemption and the forgiveness he's given you. God will show you how to overcome. God will give you that ability to overcome whatever it is that's happening in your life, whatever that sin that's, that's had you bound. God will give you the wisdom on how to overcome. And so if we've been set free, if we've been forgiven, if God is continuing to work, then we should pour out our hearts and praise to him. Pour out our hearts and praise to God regardless of what you see in your life and what's happening. And finally, point number three, it says in, in, in verses 11 through 14, it says, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who's the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. We can praise God because he's made us his children. These verses talk about the sealing of the Holy Spirit and if, if, you're, if you find yourself in Christ today, it's because the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. Once you were in spiritual death, once you were dead, but God has brought you to life. And because Jesus is alive, we also are made alive in Christ. And it's through the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. We are God's possession is what the Bible says. And through Christ, we have received a glorious inheritance. In other words, we've been made into children of God. And God has sealed us as his children, and he's given us the promise that he will keep us until the day of redemption. As I thought about these verses here, it made me think about my kids. You know, we have, uh, we have uh, one daughter who's 22. Um, make sure I'm getting that right. She's 22. And then 10 years later, we have three boys. And so we have our 12-year-old, we have a 9-year-old, and we have a soon-to-be 7-year-old. And we have a granddaughter and a grandson as well. And so for 10 years, all we had was our daughter. And, uh, man, I, I remember, we, you know, we'd give her a, a crayons and a coloring book, and she would sit down, and she'd open the door and watch the rain and just color. And it was, it was just real, like, mellow at the house. It was real quiet. And then 10 years later, we had three boys, and things kind of changed a little bit, you know. It was, uh, it was, it was kind of an eye-opener for me, right? And uh, all of a sudden, we have three boys, and there's all these toys everywhere, right? You know, they're, they're real into the superheroes, so they had the Marvel figurines and Superman and Batman. And uh, all of a sudden, people have their toys, right? This is my toy. No, this is my toy. This is my game. No, this is my game. All of a sudden, people are fighting for ownership. You know, it's like a Game of Thrones kind of thing going on, right? They start fighting. No, this is mine. No, this is mine. And, and they get so upset when somebody tries to take what's theirs. And they begin to fight. And, and why is it? Because it belongs to them. You know, they're like, you know, they're, they're like why, why would you grab this? This is mine. This belongs to me. You have no right over it. You can't touch it. This is mine. And they fight over it. 
I also think about my wife as a mama bear, right, over her kiddos. Something my wife has always said, right? She said, you can say what you want about me. You can do whatever you want to me. You can hurt me. I don't care. But you touch my babies. Mama bear comes out, right? She's like, I will fight tooth and nail for my babies. Don't touch my babies. Don't touch my kiddos or it's on, right? And she's even told me that sometimes. So I'm like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> I'm dad. No, it doesn't matter. I'm mama bear. And she's like, oh, okay. All right. I'll back up. And she's willing to fight for these kids because they belong to her. She's willing to fight for them because they belong to her, and she's not going to let just anything happen. She's going to be in their corner, and she's going to fight the battles that they can't. And when these verses here tell us about how God has made us his children, he's made us his inheritance, you know, in Galatians it says it's that spirit where we can cry out, Abba, Father. He's like our dad, right? Our father. And what this tells me is that he, he's going to fight the battles that we can't. He's going to be in our corner. No matter what we face, no matter the circumstances in our life, our heavenly father is for us and not against us. He's fighting the battles that we can't. Paul would also say in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, he says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So Paul understood here that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. I may be beat down, but I'm not out. I may be going through the storm, but I'm not just going through. I'm being carried through. I'm not alone. And Paul said, I'm going to bless God no matter the circumstances. I'm going to praise God. And he would also say in Romans 8, verses 35 to 38, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation or distress or or uh, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it's written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But he says, no, in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And he says, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul may have been in a prison, but his heart was in heaven. And I don't know where you find yourself this morning. Maybe you feel like, you feel like, your heart, or if you feel like your life is in a prison. But I want to encourage you this morning to praise God because regardless of what's happening, he's working all things. He is moving his plan of redemption in your life. Josh, you can go ahead and come on up. He's moving your, his plan of redemption in, in your life, and, 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 and he's also fighting the battles that you cannot fight. God 
It's given you the ability to overcome whatever it is that you face in life. And something I want to reiterate as we close this morning is that these blessings are for those in Christ. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ this morning, if you've believed on him to be your Lord and your Savior, this, these blessings belong to you. They're yours. And so you can praise God this morning, no matter what you're facing. But here's the other thing is that if you don't know this Jesus that we've been talking about, this Jesus that we've been singing about, this Jesus that, that, that Chris was saying earlier has been pursuing you and pursuing us with a passion, if you don't know him this morning, then this is your morning. This is your moment to come and know him and to say that whatever, happening, whatever happens in my life, it's, it's on purpose. And God has brought you to this very moment. God has brought you to this very minute to show you how much he loves you. To show you that he's not done with you. He's not through with you. That he's willing to carry you through. And he's willing to fight the battles that you can't. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. sing one more worship song to close out. If you are going through something this morning, I don't know if we have prayer, uh, prayer workers that can come up. And I'm going to invite the prayer team to come up. Uh, if you are going through some struggles this morning, be encouraged. God is with you, not against you. He's for you, not against you. I want you to praise him, even in the midst of your storm. I want to encourage you to give him glory, because he's not done with you yet. And the other thing I would, I would want to say is that if you don't know this Jesus, make this your day. Make this your day to surrender and say, God, I know that everything that's happened to me has been, it's, it's been part of your plan of redemption for me. God, I want to surrender to you this morning. I want to ask forgiveness of my sins. I want to say enough is enough and I don't want to be about me anymore because I've led myself, I've led myself astray. I've led myself to the wrong places. But God, I need Jesus this morning. I need redemption. I need the ability to overcome these sins that are in my life. I need the ability to overcome the addictions in my life. God, I need so as we sing one last worship song, I want to invite you to come to this altar. Come speak to God. Come praise him. Come thank him and give him glory. We just thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word this morning. I thank you, God, because you're in control of all things. And you've showed us in your word, Lord, how much you love us, how much you care for us. But that you've had this plan of redemption for so long, working in our lives. God, that you've given us redemption in Jesus and that you've made us your children. You've loved us so much and you desire to make us your children this morning. So I pray this morning, Lord God, that your word would not return void. The Father, you would continue speaking to us, all of us, and that we would lift a praise, that we would lift a praise to you regardless of what's happening in our lives. We thank you, Lord.
In Jesus' name.